What's going on, everybody? Like I started each episode, how are you? You good? Me too. Really want to thank you guys for checking out the episode so far. We're going on almost a year now doing the podcast. Really excited about some of the guests I have coming up. And I'm also really excited about this week's guest. If you checked out last week's episode, I hope you really enjoyed it. I feel like that was one of those episodes where things get a little real. <laughs> exactly where the interview was going to go. And the main thing about sitting down with um, EA was that I got to see a part of an artist that maybe most people don't get to see that much. I got to see exactly where she was coming from with her work. You know, she explained that. I got to see exactly where she was coming from from with her message behind the work that she does and where she wants to go with it. You can only appreciate that. Uh, to be that open, to give that much, you know, leeway in a conversation. And that was one of the things that we also talked about before sitting down. The main thing was just to make sure that she came off as herself, as who she was or who she is, you know. And I really appreciated her for that. And um, thanks, EA. Good luck with everything that you got going on. Probably be picking up some art pieces from you and kind of re redecorating and renovating the crib right now. So it's, it's appreciated. Um, and uh, I, hope, I hope and wish you all the best. But this week I have a bonus episode. I had planned to kind of, you know, chill out right now during the holiday season because I know you guys are pretty busy. I know everybody's got a lot of stuff going on. But I wanted to make sure that you guys had something going into Thanksgiving break. And I'll probably do the same thing going into Christmas and then just, you know, hit the ground running when it comes into New Year's and everything like that. But the main thing I want to say is Mr. Ike Moore is hilarious. Uh, he's a guy that I've seen on stage a couple of times, and I saw him really do a set that was very polished and was surprised when the man said, this is my first time getting on stage at an open mic. It seemed like dude has really grown since that time. He's also been a guy that's become a mainstay at one of the mics that I regularly go to. That's Riddle's Comedy Club on 111th in Alsip, probably the only comedy club that is like really booming right now in the south suburbs um it's um uh i would like to probably call it my uh home my home comedy club soon but who knows but yeah so ike is a guy that reached out to me and he had he's known some people that i knew and it was really weird how everything comes together you know you never know who knows who and he also knows Dafina russell who has done an episode with me as well she um did an episode a couple of a couple of months ago but they came from the same media school i don't think it's the illinois media school and they ended up um <clears throat> i think going there and i, I believe i'm not sure when they both graduated, I don't think it was the same class though. So, but I had mentioned that he checked out her episode. He listened to Alan Ford's episode, and that was cool, you know, to have somebody be like, "Yeah, man, you know, I uh, listen to your show. I got to see exactly what you were about before I sat down with you." You know, you got to appreciate that too. But Ike reached out to me about getting on the show because he has a um, show coming up on Tuesday night at the Comedy Bar, and that will be. 
his, uh, I think it's the, the Tomato Throw Show. He talks about it a lot here on this episode, and that was the main reason that he wanted to get on and kind of, you know, publicize and <clears throat> plug his new show coming up, his um, podcast. He also has one he puts together, too, on YouTube. You can look him up, Ike Moore, on YouTube. You can also follow him on Instagram and Twitter, Ike Ballistic on Twitter and Ballistic Ike Moore on Instagram. The dude is really... um really doing his thing, man. He, uh, he He's hitting the ground running. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do when you're a new comic starting out. And it was the same thing for me, too. You know, you don't know where to start. You don't know, you know, who to talk to. You don't know who who's looking out for you, who has your best interest when you're doing these open mics, who has your best interest when it comes to getting on the shows and everything like that. So you actually just have to hit the ground running and start somewhere. And I appreciate Ari for just hitting me up, man. You know, you didn't have to... Um, come on the show you didn't have to reach out to me uh you didn't have to I, I think one of the things was i mentioned to him you know i had a podcast and he was like oh man you know you know when you meet people in past and you say hey man i got a podcast i'm working on would love to have you on as a guest and some people just say okay all righty and they never talk to you again <laughs> i wasn't one of those people though so i appreciate him for sitting down and talking to me man and i really think you guys enjoyed this episode the reason why I wanted it to be a bonus is because I have a few of them, a few episodes ready for you guys. Just wanted to um, drop this one so we can get some plugs for his show coming up on Tuesday, get you guys out there. It's going to be Thanksgiving week, so I know everybody's going to have something to do. They're going to have a little time off. Maybe you can go check them out. Again, it's at the Comedy Bar, and that is downtown. Let me get the address for you. The address is 500 North LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60654. If you want to call or buy tickets, and I believe the show is again on Tuesday night, it's 312-836-0499. Cool thing about this episode is Ike also gives you that information as well. We got a um, a little jokey joke running. It's like, man, you can plug it. You can plug the show. He really plugged the show. <laughs> uh, but other than that, man, I hope you guys really um, enjoy this episode. And I'm thinking about some stuff, you know, some things going on this week. I saw um, some, on a serious note, um, I saw a few mass shootings in the past couple of weeks. A young man was killed by the police at his job, you know, working and just trying to help out one of the the, the uh, patrons of the establishment he was working at. Man, I, I really feel like um, I wanted to send my condolences out to um the families of the victims and everything like that. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's the world we live in. You know, you have to take the good with the bad. But like I said, we're going into the holiday season, and you know, hopefully everything picks up a little bit more for us, and um, everybody just starts the new year off on a good note. Uh, other than that, yeah, man. I just want you guys to remember to also subscribe and review. Make sure you check out. All the past episodes we have, um, new episodes coming out. If if you have a friend that likes podcasts, tell them about it. Matter of fact, give them give them this as a gift for Thanksgiving. You know, check it out. Uh, <laughs> let me know exactly um, what you guys feel about the show, the good stuff, the bad stuff. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. If you think it's dope, you know, let me know. If you think it's trash, definitely let me know because then I can work on some things. If if I need to be critiqued a little bit, just let me know too. Um, I think, uh, like I said, we're almost at a year now of doing this show, and 
I really enjoy working on it. I really enjoy talking to people about it. I really enjoy talking to the people on the show. And I really enjoy letting people know, you know, someone's watching what you do. Someone's paying attention to what you're doing. Um, someone's paying attention to your creativity. Someone's paying attention to your entrepreneurship. You know, someone's paying attention to your art. And I think that's one of the things that I appreciate most about being able to do the podcast. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Let me know. What you feeling, people? Don't forget to subscribe and review. Please leave the reviews. Try and get the show on uh, iTunes, uh, new releases or whatever. But, again, please welcome my next guest on It's Your World Podcast, Mr. Ike Moore. All right, When did comedy start with you, though? Is it just something that's always been a part of you? Is it something that you always felt like you wanted to do? Or, you know, where, where, did, you, where did you get the bug from? Oh, man. Well, I've always wanted to, I always wanted just to perform, period, from an early age. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think, like, for me, tele, to me, television was, like, my first big thing. You know, uh, my mom said I didn't really even play with toys. I just had a, t- a, a remote in my hand most of my young life. So, you know, I always was looking at every single show like out there mm-hmm. and uh to be honest my first my first experience with stand up the first thing i saw with stand up is going to surprise a lot of people uh there's this episode of SpongeBob right <laughs> where he's telling squirrel jokes and i'm like that's the first time i saw the whole thing of of someone telling a joke and people laughing mm-hmm. so and also from there I saw a group. I grew up like in the early 2000s, so it's like the Bernie Mac show was on, on Fox. Not not on the View. Like the first run episodes were on Fox. So stuff like that reruns of Steve Harvey stuff. You okay. know, all the all these things were happening. So I'm like, oh, there's the concept of people doing this. You know, and it, I have influences. I know we're getting the influences in a minute. My a lot of my influences aren't even like real comedians. Like mm-hmm. Will, like Will Smith. I I have this debate with people. Yeah, I think, and I'm going to ask you this. Which show do you think is the greatest sitcom? I, Fresh Prince or Martin? I'll probably say Martin, man. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I separated, though. Okay. So I think the funniest one was Martin. But if you look at the complete sitcom as a whole, is like Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Because Will's character is different from the beginning to like the end of the show. So it's like as far as a complete as a complete show, I think Fresh Prince is better. And plus, he was freaking hilarious mm-hmm. on there, man. So a lot of my influences aren't even like really comedians. There, a lot of them are just characters, you know. Right. So, like even going back to like Steve Urkel, you know, Jaleel White is like underrated. Yeah. <laughs> like Jaleel, he doing like different. He was doing different characters before Tyler Perry and all of them, you know. So, I would say my first thing, like I started doing it professionally, professionally this year. Mm-hmm. But I say my first thing of doing stand up was I was seven years old and I did mm-hmm. it for a talent show. At a family reunion, I had never done nothing, never done it before. People, I had asked me, let me put me on the show. My mom was scared as hell. <laughs> She's like, because I at that, believe it or not, I didn't for the early part of my life. I was shy. I ain't talked to nobody. Yeah. I was anti-social. I ain't talked to nobody. So she's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm like, let me do it. Let me do it. So the day of the show come. And all I'm doing is just repeating things I've heard on television. Mm-hmm. And the only re- original joke I had. This is the first original joke I ever wrote, and it's not even a joke. It's just me putting words together. It was like, 
uh, what's the deal with Bernie Mac? Mm. They should call him Bernocchio. Okay. Ain't got to laugh, though. It's like, what? At, at what age were you reciting these jokes? It was, I, I, I did it at seven. That was my okay, first so time that doing work. it. When you were a little kid, you could say <laughs> stuff like But that. it was like, I don't, it wasn't even the joke. It was the idea of this kid doing this in front of all these adults. My mom was shocked. So the funny thing is, after that was done, I said I had retired from comedy. <laughs> so my family members was like, well, when you doing that again? When you doing that again? I'm like, oh, I'm done. I ain't you know, I'm doing that. Because I didn't know that was what I was going to end up really pursuing as the years went on. So as the, as I got older, you know, in high school, I was I was on speech team. I did a lot of plays. Okay. And then for after I graduated high school, went to Moraine. You know, it wasn't really working for me. So then I went, that's when Illinois Media School came in a few years after that. Then that, well, as I was doing that, I said, well, let me give stand-up an honest shot, which mm-hmm. brings us to this year, uh, July, July, I want to say like a few days before, 4th of July, actually. I had always seen the Riddles Comedy Club because I always knew it because on my way to Moraine, I, I'd always it's drive past. past it. And I only know it because it had like these illustrations of David Letterman, Conan O'Brien, who's like my idol, mm-hmm. one of my idols. And I'm like, man, what's going on in there? And then the website said you got to be 21 to enter. I'm like, well, I got to wait a few years for that. <laughs> so that's what happened. So this year, July, I said, let me let me give this an honest shot. Let me give this an honest shot. And I, I think you I think you was there my first night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. And I think um, Bryce, who's another comic, shout out to him, was there. He was the host that night. And it was just, it was like, it was just seamless to, it was just seamless to me, you know, the whole idea of talking to these people and they laughing was just, was just like organic. So ever since then, you know, been, been just going all over trying to find stages. So, um, one thing I would ask you is what made you transition from that? aspect of it because it seems like you had done live performances and plays and everything and then you just think like stand-up is it is it just like you know? <laughs> i don't know it's weird i always everything i was doing was connected to an audience in some way mm-hmm. so and then you working with an ensemble when you're doing plays and stuff because i did the same type of thing too you know just growing up being in like school plays and all that stuff or even with me just playing ball you always on a stage with, and you always have those people around you help build you up and you guys work together like what was that transition for you like? Because I actually did improv too for mm-hmm. like a whole troupe of different people, and then to go from there to say, you know what, I think I'm funny. Well, improv <laughs> is like I'm, a whole right. different thing, man. <laughs> improv. I'm, I'm is funny like... enough to make all these people laugh by mm-hmm. myself too. You're like, I think you got to be able to do both of them. But like, wh- what was it that pushed you into it? It was, I'd say, the plays. Everything I did in high school sort of, sort of motivated me to do it. Because mm-hmm. in high school, I was doing like. I didn't. I never really liked the musicals. I just liked the plays. And then when I was on speech team, for those who don't know what really speech team is, <clears throat> there's like these different events. I was always in humorous interpretation, which was almost like you're doing a monologue, mm-hmm. and then original comedy, which isn't like stand up, but it's like you like doing all these different characters in like eight minutes. So that whole idea, I always liked the idea of performing. So with speech team, you're doing that like every Saturday, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like the whole idea of performing for these people every Saturday three times a day three times that day it was it was something about it but I always knew I wanted to do something 
connected with the audience. I like right. I like the whole idea of this guy <laughs> getting on stage and just changing the mood of all these different people, mm-hmm. you know. And feeding off that energy or whatever. Yeah, and they'll they'll motivate you. Even if you're not trying to if even if you're not in your zone, they just they motivate you for whatever the reaction they give you. Mm-hmm. So I think I think actually you said now that you say that, I thought you seemed very polished when you first came to Riddles. Really? Yeah, <laughs> only because I think you got the stage presence and the charisma and it seemed like you had worked on that set that you did beforehand like most people say oh yeah I'm gonna do stand up and they just go up I'm just gonna be funny and you know you know <laughs> like I think that's a terrible way to approach comedy like not knocking anybody that does that but it's a terrible way to approach it with the idea that I'm just gonna go up there and be funny it's like, I think it felt like you planned some stuff out you wrote, you wrote well I was always I always was a writer mm-hmm. in the way like even if it was just like little stories I did I always was writing something. So a lot of those jokes from my first set were, a lot of them were in like, I want to say a vault, but it's like in my notebook for like years before I even did it. And I even, like, aside from my seven-year-old performance, I did like, I remember I did sets in grammar school too mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So it was all of it was like kind of building up, but I just never, for whatever reason, that never fully pulled the trigger on it because I was always doing other stuff mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty good and, and part of the reason you being on the show is to promote your show and the <laughs> comedy bar, which is a big stage. That's because... Oh, I've been... Yeah, I've done comedy bar now, which is on LaSalle. I've done that now. The open mic's about eight times now. Did you guys have... Did you, did you go when they had the wheel... You know what's funny? Every time I'm on stage, I never get to spin the wheel. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, they stop doing the wheel, which makes me now want to spin the wheel now. I want to see this. I think that was one of the most challenging nights for me, is just getting up on stage, spinning the wheel, and then going off of whatever the wheel said. (laughs) Because they're like ones, like, for those who don't know what it is, it's like a big wheel, and it's like, it dictates what your set's going to be. So it could be like the regular three minutes or Mm -hmm. five minutes, sometimes eight minutes. Uh, there's one that says free pizza. There's one that says that you get a spot at the next show or something. Yeah, like that. and then there's one where like you get no microphone. You got scream. There's everything. one where you gotta go backstage and do your set. Right. There's one where you basically, I think you get heckled the whole time. Like people can heckle you if they want to, or yell out stuff for you to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's Which I'm waiting yeah. for that one because I got some. <laughs> Because I've seen some people in this audience. I'm like, I want to roast you, man. I want to. Like, one one open mic we had, there was, like, these two, like, giants. Like, this man and woman, they was, like, they was, like, big show height. Like, they was crazy. And I'm, and I'm like, and if I was, if I was going to roast them, like, I was going to be, I was going to tell the dude, look, you got a bigger advantage than any other of these audiences. If you hate a comic, you'll just step on them. Mm-hmm. So, it's like. <laughs> It's like I'm waiting for the heckle one if I ever do the wheel, but now, but that wheel is enticing me. Like hopefully one day I get. A lot of people scared of the wheel. I'm like, come on! I'm like, I'm gonna spin that one day. Mm-hmm. So, how did you come up with this comedy bar set? Are you just saying? You, is it- oh, the comedy bar sets basically. You mean the ones I do on open mics? Or? No, the the one you got next week. Oh, we already going there. We yeah, already I, going I just want you there? to mention it right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So the the one I got coming up this Tuesday. Uh, I know it's Thanksgiving week. It's going to be hectic, but if y'all can in the Chicago area can come out, uh, the Comedy Bar, It's uh, the Tuesday show is the Tomato Throw Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So from what it was told to me about it, and I've never done it before, 
basically these comics perform, and if you don't like them, you can throw these toy tomatoes, tomatoes at them. Right. <laughs> and the the comedian that has the less tomatoes thrown at them will win a cash prize. I don't know what cash prize it is, but I've already made the promise on Instagram that if I win the cash, I was going to pay for people's uh, college funds. And when I say college funds, I mean the lessons from the woman on the street corner. <laughs> so if you want that, if you want your student loans paid, uh, come don't throw mails at me next week. But. All right. So the reason why I want to talk about it first is to put it out there because it seems like this is a progression. So if it's a competition, I want to know what was your approach to getting your material and everything ready for this competition? I mean, that's where, I mean, you, you, could, you could probably attest this. That's where the mics come in, open mics, really. You're just checking out what works and what don't work. Like, I've already had to cut out one certain thing because it got, like... Like, people have different definitions of bombing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some people think booing is bombing, which it kind of is, but at least the audience is making noise. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, bombing is, if I can hear the person's drink, like, <laughs> sit back on the table, I'm no like, that's, that is terrible. Right. And one of the jokes uh, got that response, so I immediately threw that out. So... All it is, man, is basically when when that set come, I'm just combined. I'm gonna see what jokes work, what jokes don't work, and mm-hmm. gonna see because I don't know what the time limit is. So I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna do what I've done normally. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I thought it was just like yeah, I had an idea and I let it I let it <laughs> grow for a while, and then you know, it's just a lot of different uh, ways to approach putting together material. Right. Some ideas though, you it's just it's dead on. There's <laughs> just nothing you could do about right. it. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how we that kind of how it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, what what type of comic are you, man? Because I know I think your material ranges from politics to just. Everyday like bullshit. Politics <laughs> to the absurd. Right, right, right. Well, I, I try. You know what's funny? I've tried to avoid politics really because mm-hmm. I try not to do what everybody else is doing. True. But the way the way our culture is now, pop culture has become <laughs> politics in a way. So it's like there's no way around it. So I say if I do talk about politics, I'm I'm just gonna talk about everybody. I don't. Care. I've right. talked about Tony Preckwinkle in one mm-hmm. of my sets. And that's funny because you never really hear that, though. You never really hear about people addressing local politics. And that's a different approach in itself, too, because you got to hope that people in the audience right, know I gotta what hope they're talking no, about. One day, one day, or, Tony yeah, will be in the crowd. Be and in I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, excuse me, Sharon. And, and, and I also got a bigger target because I also do work at, uh, at VON. I've done some stuff for them as far okay. as production and stuff. And, you know, WVON, which is, heat for those who don't know, that's one of our local talk stations, mm-hmm. pretty much all, a lot of black politicians have come there, mm-hmm. you know. So, at some point, <laughs> one of my biggest fears, I tell a Tony Preckwinkle joke, Kirk Constituents is in the audience, right. and then say Tony Preckwinkle come to the station, she's like, eh, you're the one, right, 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 right. I'm like, you're the one that was raising Sprite prices <laughs> in 2017, don't blame me. <laughs> and that's, like, like I said, man, like, that's... That's rough, man, because you don't know what anybody is paying attention to. You know, the idea is that you come up there to say your jokes or your set and everything, and you hope people know what the fuck you're talking right, about. Right, but you don't know who's in the audience, though, a lot of times. You don't know who knows who. You don't know. That's where, like, that's where, like, the whole Saturday Night Live's done this, too, where they've made fun of certain politicians or whatever, they end up coming on the show. Yeah, I saw that last week. Pete yeah, Davis yeah, Pete, Pete got in there, you know, and it's debatable whether... Yeah, I didn't know if it was too bad because I feel like everybody can talk about everybody because people are probably talking shit about us right now. We don't even know it, but... Right, right. The idea that 
um, you're going to come on the show, and then it, it seemed like, it, I guess it didn't seem forced. It didn't. So. I'm sure he genuinely would, didn't want to offend the guy, mm-hmm. but I think people kind of, I think people kind of got on him a little too hard. But I was what I, what I liked about that segment was he came on there, the, the politician came on there, and pretty much there was like this common back, ground, yeah. which you haven't really seen really in the past two or three years. You've just seen these both sides just well, like, could freaking hate. <laughs> but could they do that with the people that they were talking about mocking or whatever? Could they have done that? Like, I know, like, Donald Trump does not like the Alec Baldwin impression. I mean, <sighs> see, that's where we're going. It, I you think. Know? I, how do I say this? How do I say it? Well, do, what, let me ask you. What do you think of the Al Baldwin Trump impression? I mean, I just see it as comedy, dude. To and me, it's no different from when George, when Will Ferrell did George true, Bush. True. But it's like, that's where we at right now. Yeah. People are like, yeah, well, they weren't talking about Obama's really not that funny. You can't really <laughs> talk about Obama. Like I haven't, they did, we they have did. an Obama <laughs> joke, but we can't really have a. Yeah, it's not like. It, it wasn't his time in office wasn't as wow entertaining in a way. you know <laughs> like if that you can't if, really go off of like the only one of the one of the big things they tried to do was oh he didn't Obama doesn't like beats <laughs> beats <laughs> like is that the only thing we can do I think I might have seen that Saturday <laughs> like, like, we can't update but the idea that you know anybody is above above being mocked is kind of like, eh, really, guys? Like, eh, yeah. I don't, I don't That's know. why I say, if I'm going to do politics, I'm going to talk about everybody. Like, there's this whole thing. Uh, I don't know how true this is, but the form, one of the former advisors to Hillary Clinton saying she might run again in 2020. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, this this reboot might be as sad as the Ghostbusters right. one. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we want to do that. <laughs> I mean, do we even know who that person is? That's the thing. And I think with the reason why the Trump impression is so, you know, impactful mm-hmm. is because we knew this guy before he was president. Right. He we already he already had like he was famous before this whole this whole So like, it was already material that was there and then you just You just add another it's <laughs> you just adding another layer to it. Like if Hillary had won, I don't know I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of jokes you could do about Hillary. Like a whole <laughs> But they did like like you said, the Bush impression, they did do that. They I mean they are they have discussed winners of elections and Heck, Chevy like Chase's Gerald Ford impression is just him falling over for five minutes, dude. <laughs> yeah. So you you really I I mean I feel you. I get you on that one. But the idea that at a comedy show Somebody would come up to you and just like lay it into you. You like, never know. That's but I'm. But that being said, I'm keeping my uh, Tony Preckwinkle <laughs> joke. She needs to, especially if she becoming mayor, cause she she's running for mayor. So I so I'm gonna do. So I've done this thing where I'm like, we like I don't know where you live per se. I live here in Alsip, so no, I have no. Say. Yeah, I have no choice. Like I can't vote in this mayoral election. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look. Uh, <laughs> Like, y'all just better hope she don't go in there because there's going to be, like, a cheese on deep dish tax. Y'all ain't going to like... <laughs> You're going to see a lot of people in Chicago become lactose intolerant. But I think because that move, moves with that, you know, was was kind of addressing the same thing that New York was doing with the sugar tax and everything. Oh, the big dopes? Right. So, like, it, it was just imitating them when it comes to policy in a way. Um, but one thing, though, since we're on this 
one thing I usually ask these guests is about how culture and everything like that is in, impacting the way that they work and what they're talking about. And, and it's people who've said, you know, from fashion design, like one young lady that I interviewed, she did a whole, like, piece on just, like, a collection on the color black and how mm-hmm. she was, you know, channeling her feelings as an African-American woman into her work. You know, what is the culture doing for you right now when it comes to comedy? Well, I, excuse me, I think culture is very important for comedians because that's where we a lot of us go off of. I mean, that's where a lot of my material is about culture. So like we were saying about the whole politics thing, besides politics, I really try to go into pop culture because I find more, less people will get mad at me if I tell a joke about Tyrese than if I talk about Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like... And I've got Nick. I've done Nicki Minaj jokes before. One of my first sets when I was talking about like Rihanna. So it's like, I think culture is like, in a way, culture is almost becoming almost a parody of itself as well. Mm. You know, you got all the rap. You got all the rappers now, and I'm gonna sound like an old man when I say this, but I have never. It's like all. The, remember when it used to be there was just one new rapper a month. <laughs> Now it's like all these yeah, new, all of a sudden, cloud. all of these new rappers are coming up. I'm like, wait, who is who? Right. You know, it's a problem when you when I'm watching the BET Awards and I don't know any of these before. I don't know none of these dudes. And my mom's like, hey, do you know him? I'm like, nah, that, that's 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 Generation Z. I don't know none of that. <laughs> I think what one main thing though is just with how are you into the like an integral part of what we're doing on stage as comics is the fact that people can see who you are and what you are, you know, and that means just being a black comic and, you know, with the influences, like you said, with like the Martin, with Martin on that show and, and then like Will Smith, who isn't even a comic, but that enthusiasm and that idea for, inter- that that character for mm-hmm. entertainment comes to, you know, how is that impacting you when it comes to, to comedy as well? Well, it's it's weird because like when we talk about like influences, one of my other influences is like it was uh, Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he talk show host, and he's like I like his whole he's de- he's self deprecating, mm-hmm. and it's all this whole idea of like this weird sense of comedy. Like he's aware of the weirdness. I like mm-hmm. I like comedy that's like almost like self aware and self meta, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but a lot of my influences come from like everywhere like I remember when I was younger and keep in mind I want for those that are for those who don't know I'm like 23 years old right now so 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 I know everybody's gonna be like Richard Pryor and George Carlin look I gotta look up what they did I can't I can't speak on that because I wasn't around so let me let me just bring up my top I keep my top five list of comics right here so I say my top five I'm going from five to one so Five, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Four, Bernie Mac. Three, Cat Williams. Two, Dave Chappelle. And Chris Rock's like my all-time favorite. Right. Now, the interesting thing about Eddie Murphy is, I, being born in the 90s, I only knew Eddie Murphy from two things. Dr. Doolittle. Nutty and, Professor. Well, Nutty Professor and uh, Donkey from Shrek. Okay. It wasn't until the internet came around where I'm looking up all this, like, this, like, delirious and stuff and all this Saturday Night Live. I'm like, where did this come from? Right, right, it's right. like finding out your dad, like, was in World War II and he was, like, shooting up. And I'm like, what the hell? 
Where does this come from? Just it's having no idea that something. I didn't even know he had like he was doing music. Mm-hmm. I said, "What?" <laughs> That's one of the things too that I find interesting about a lot of comics is that idea that they can do, they can transcend a lot of mediums. You know, granted, he's not even in that neighborhood or at that time. But when you think about Donald Glover and what he's done with ATL or Atlanta, and um, what he's done with his rap and and not only that, just like this whole soulful neo funk type of like thing Donald, he's doing. Like Donald Glover, I almost said Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> that's how. That's how. <laughs> like that's how influential he is right, right. now. He's like on the tip of everybody's tongue because it's just like the thing know. about Donald. The thing about Donald Glover is, and I know I, I try not to compare people because everyone's their own individual. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover is this generation's Jamie Foxx. Because when you think of James, James Jamie doing Jamie's the music, doing the comedy, too, right? doing he can go from Ray Charles to doing something as ridiculous as his role in Horrible Bosses to like Django. It's like just like the range is ridiculous. Right. So Donald Glover's doing for this generation what Jamie been doing. So, but the thing Donald has, I feel, is he's got like I don't know how to describe it. It's like he. It's almost like this. He has on top of his talent. He has this almost wokeness on mm-hmm. top of it, so he can relate to what. Because everybody's trying to be woke now. I'm like, I'm I'm sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got full thumb in the mouth sleep. Like it's too. I can't be that aware of everything. But I think Donald's like almost like a league of his own. And what's funny about Donald is, I I know him as I knew when he was doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Everybody now is like, oh, Childish Gambino, oh, this. I'm like, you wasn't there during Weirdo days, right, bro. Right, right. I'm still waiting for Weirdo too. I'm, st- I'm like, he need to do another stand up special. But the reason why I brought him up mainly is because somewhere, you know, down the line, there's gonna be a kid who is like, man, I want to do stand up, you know, him or her, whatever, or whatever it'll be by that time, and they're gonna be YouTube and. This is America. They ain't gonna be YouTube and weirdo and not even know that you know. If 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 he continues to trend the way he is now, I I mean that's the type of thing that we're seeing is like all these different guys are being able to do a lot of different things. So even if you look at like Dave Chappelle, how he liked to and contribute. I mean, and contribute. I'm making up words now. <laughs> incorporate uh, music into a lot of the stuff that he was doing at the time with, with the block little parties and different. Things and the like fact that, that he came. I'm just I'm just grateful that he came back to the mainstream, mm-hmm. even though he's not all the way. He's still like he's in there, but he's still in his own field. Because mm-hmm. I was watching, I remember I was watching Chappelle show when I was like eight or nine, okay. and I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to be watching this. My dad, <laughs> you know, shout out to him. He was like, hey, we gonna watch this, but don't tell your mom about this. <laughs> so I'm. Can you imagine being eight years old and having the sentence, "I'm Rick James, bitch," in your right. head? Either <laughs> that, or like for me, I would say I was probably high school when that came out, so I'm a little bit older than you. Right. But for me, that was In Living Color. For me, that was Mad TV and SNL. Like okay, about Mad TV. I'm not, not to throw you off. I'm going to say something real controversial. I never liked Mad TV. Mad TV I'm sorry. You got to think about Mad TV. I liked Mad TV mainly because they were the underdog. And they were at a time slot, too, when they were coming on after you saw like Saturday Night Live or during. It was it was a weird it was always It was like... It was like half the show would be before, and then yeah, it would end it was, like when you. Be, I, for me, I would like, flip back and forth. But here's the thing: I don't know what it was about Mad TV. Here's the funny thing: I like the people from Mad TV. Right, Will like Sasso the, sticks would be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nicole Sullivan right. doing. She's on Blackish now. She's mm-hmm. got like a sporting role. 
Um, I can't. Who's the? I can't think of the guy's name who does Stewart. What's you know his oh, name? I can't remember. His I can't name. remember, but I like that. Key and Peele, yeah. like one of they them got an Oscar, there, yeah. you know. So I, I like the people on there, but for whatever reason, I never liked the show. It's like I don't know. It was like some type of. I'm gonna sound like a. I'm gonna sound like a preacher. Or something. Mean, there was a level of you know how people like do parodies of things they love. I don't think they liked anything. Like they would do like. <laughs> They did a Hannah Montana sketch where she was doing cocaine. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Even though now I'm thinking about it now, I think they was ahead of their time. Right, because <laughs> now, yeah, like now that stuff is just but I'm like, everywhere. I don't know, maybe to each its own, but Saturday Night Live was always like the prime King. show. It was King it's like, to, like the sketch show. That's re- there's a reason they're still on now. I think mm-hmm. shows like Saturday Night Live, Simpsons, SpongeBob, they're going to outlive us all. Like, we're going to be getting buried and they shows are gonna be on while we're getting and the buried. Last, I know, they already had like 20 something years so that is crazy right but, right um, talk about the longevity and everything like that like what what to you would be a goal for you doing comedy what's the goal for me mm-hmm. well surprisingly we just talked about Saturday Night Live I would love to be on SNL man like that's like I think still that's like the bench I know everybody's done everybody's focusing on YouTube and all this mm-hmm. stuff but to me Saturday Night Live is almost like it's like the standard. It's like you if you won that show, that means they see like you like represent the future of comedy. Mm-hmm. That and the Daily Show, I think that's become even more now with Trevor Noah and the right. people he's brought on. Uh you got Roy Wood Jr. True. Uh you got this new guy, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh Jabuki, mm-hmm. who actually I don't know him know him, but he had the same beginning I have. He was on speech team, you know, mm-hmm. killing it. And, you know, I think he's written for a few... I think he writes for Big Mouth or something like okay. that. So it's like... So it's, so it's like those types of shows, you know, they bringing people up, you know, and it's like it's important for those shows to still be around. You know, I'm just hoping freaking... I get on... Like, if you cancel the show after my first season, I'll be fine. At least I'm on the <laughs> shit, you know? Do what you want after I'm on it. Right. But until then, keep that show on. But, <laughs> but, like, when you think about guys like Keenan Thompson, who has been on that show for so long, and then just the... Like, Keenan. I remember Keenan from freaking Keenan and Kel. That was Kale. my... That was, like... Like, that whole time, that whole time period is was, like, Good Burger and all that stuff, mm-hmm. man. And to see, he just kept developing. You know, he just never... And Kel, too, you know, he's still on Nickelodeon to this day. So, really? yeah, yeah, he on a game... I think the show called Game Shakers or something mm-hmm. like that. So, so just to see Keenan, like, he'll even say it. The Keenan now is different from when he was a kid. But the fact he just kept working and working. Right. Now it's like you can't even imagine Saturday Night Live with now without... without that is, like, that is nuts, though, to see somebody just grow and develop that much so much they can become a figurehead of a show like to me this might be outlandish but he's the real pharaoh of that cast now without the movies like no nah, I'm and then he but then he does have classics you know he does have the good burger you know he does have all the sketches he did with all that and, and you I remember him right now I can see it in my head the damn the French dude that used to be in the oh, band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just, I'm, like, like, he would just say goofy. He's supposed to be the your mother has a big right, mustache. That's, 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 <laughs> right. Like it's just silly, but like that shit made sense back then. And then to see him do all the impressions of like Steve Harvey and then the like Black what kills Jeffrey. me about Keenan is like his facial expressions alone will have me dying. I'm like, oh my god, they are memes this, in itself. This dude, <laughs> That dude was like, and bringing back Will Smith. Will Smith would 
don't know if I don't know if the younger people will remember. Will Smith will mug the hell out of a camera on Fresh Prince. It's like, why are you looking at me, dude? Right, <laughs> what right. are you doing? So I, I mean, like that that Saturday Night Live is is a great goal to have, bro. Like that is that's dope, and I can see you doing it, man. Man, like, it'd be fun to do, man. It's just I just feel like for me, on from the outside looking in, and this is like not even a critique, but like to see you on stage and like your stage presence, bro, like. You got it, dog. Like this is 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 for you. Um, you are you do pretty damn good at it, bro. And I was just I was happy that you reached out to me because I was definitely like, man, I don't know if I go want to be on the show. <laughs> like when I told you about it, because so many times you can have different people you want to have on, and other people, oh, I'm I'm too busy, I don't want to do it. And blah, blah, blah. But I was like happy, like man, that's why I want to get you on, get you talking about the comedy bar. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I like well, I like the whole. And keep in mind, I'm new to this whole comedy game, but I like the whole thing about comedy comedians like coming together. Right. I like this whole idea because I've seen, because we've seen all these like comedian beefs, you know, right, freaking right, Lil Rail getting called ugly by Cat Williams. I'm like, okay, how are you going to call the man ugly, man? I, how are you going to do I was offended by that. <laughs> I think he's going to pass, dude. I feel like it's a lot of, it's a lot of good, healthy competition. And but let me let me ask you. So you think there's like? Do you think there's like this feud between like the older generation and the newer one? But it's always been that way in almost anything, dude. Like this yeah, Eddie Murphy talks about how Cosby cursed him out right, over you know, his whole his special, material, right? You know, and it's just like there's always going to be a rift before that transition occurs. And I think what you said earlier too is that idea of like being woke and all that stuff. And I think I did one episode, you, you said you heard the Be Right one, he was talking about conscious comedy. Yeah. And, and then we talk about black comics and that idea of just being funny. Being funny, okay, that's cool. Can you make me think and be funny? Yeah, okay, that's... You can make me think and be funny. And you can incorporate some of the bullshit that's happening in real life into your material. Like, I don't know if you watch the show Real, but Lil Real. Yeah, his, I'm... A... His, like, you know, it's, it was done so, like... It was it was it was put out there for us to see it. I think one of the episodes was like sexual harassment or whatever. Yeah, that was the that was the episode a few weeks ago. I'm trying to get into. I like it's hit or miss for me. There's some. I think it's just starting off for him, and they they, they get. I think it's getting better though. Right. I like. I think it started with the um. There's the episode where I think. He has a one night stand with the girl, it's and he tries to track her down funny, the whole, the like, whole episode. He's like, like what was her name? She's like, Dolly. <laughs> I think so from funny. that point on, it started getting better. But I like... But uh, I think it's a nod to what we saw in Martin. I mm-hmm. think it's a nod to what we saw in Living Single. And at that time, like, that was a great time for black comedy and sitcoms, too. Man, look, there was a time where it was all black on Malcolm the television. Eddie, dude, like, these are... Home, I know you're going to laugh. Homeboys in Outer Space. <laughs> I don't know if you ever uh, seen, you probably never even heard you, of that show. Before. I've YouTubed it because <laughs> Flex Alexander. I'm like, what's the dude from one-on-one doing on Mars? Classic, what the hell? <laughs> classics. You know, and I think that that idea is, is really what we're seeing with this. I don't think they all dislike each other, bro. I just feel like it's a change of the guard and different things. It's, it's sort of like... When Melo and LeBron and all of them came into the league, we transitioned from like Kobe and all those guys too. It's all it is. It's just a transition. The whole, the whole finding talent thing is different now, True. and it's like it's rubbing people the wrong way. But it's like you guys. Is it really rubbing people the wrong way? It's like because it's, it's like in our, I think it's just in our faces. So it's like because you have those people like, no, this is how you're supposed to do it, and this is this, and this. But it's like that's where the whole you know. 
we got people like DC Youngfly now and Ha Ha Davis, who is freaking hilarious, by the way. And both of them started off with social media. But what I like about them is they took the social media and they said, you know what, let me get in people's face. Let me get on the stages. Let me try to build... Let me prove that I'm funnier than this like five second clip that right. I can get out there. Which is very hard, dude. It's very difficult to do. Like Jess Hilarious, who's on rail. You know, show. she's she's funny to me. Even though on the show it says sounds like she's there to do one liners, but she's actually real good. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I never saw her I've never seen her do a set or anything like that, or never seen her live. And I'm like, is this her style? But at the same time, this could be building up. So it could be incorporated into her stand up and everything like that too. Right, so, right, right. And, but yeah, yeah, I, I think Rails, I think Lil Rail, you know, he he doing good. Tiffany Haddish is a monster, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I tell people, I think something is mentally wrong with that woman, but in a good way, in I a think, good way, though. I, I think a lot of people are, she's she's at that point where it seems like she's being typecast. But it's like, of, I don't know, do you watch Last OG? Yeah, to Tracy Morgan. Right, and that's to me that's different because it's like about the range and everything. <laughs> right, right, because it's different because to me her characters on there is a person who's trying to live a certain life in public, but then whenever Tracy's characters around, she's got to go back to the oh I'm talking yeah here. <laughs> because I think we live in this world too where you, sometimes you are like that. Sometimes you're just comfortable with somebody like that, and that's they bring that. Like you comfortable with this one dude, I mean, or you comfortable with this one person. And then when that person in your past come back, you got to report back to where you were. Right. It's like, get away from me. You know, we, we ain't doing that right now. But like, I don't, I think that it just seems like a lot of people haven't seen that. They haven't seen the last OG. And when I see on like social media and different things, people do say like, oh, well, she just got this act that she doing this. Like yada, the biggest yada. complaint I hear is, is like, she's, she's no different from like the other funny woman like I hang out with at the salon, which mm-hmm. may be true, but she has the platform though. Mm-hmm. The only the whole thing about her is I think really what speaks to me is like her story. You know, she if you know the story of Tiffany Haddish, it's kind of dark, and the fact that she was able to you know rise above that and do comedy is amazing. You true. know, and that's why I think she's gonna be one of those comics that is able to go from silliness to some serious. In a bad way. And I only saying it's a bad way because she had to like go through so much shit to actually <laughs> like her, have that feeling to right. go to some of those places. I think one of her movies next year is a drama. Really? Like it took, yeah, I, I think it's with Melissa McCarthy or something. Mm-hmm. It's like something about a heist or something like that. Mm-hmm. It took Kevin Hart like years to do his first drama, which is just coming out, I think, January mm-hmm. with uh, Brian Cranston. Right. So it's like, so eventually gonna come. It just, you gotta like. It's like they have, it's like a way comedians in a way have sticks. Mm-hmm. It's like, and a lot of times, I don't know how the network executives and stuff like that, they want the person they see on TV, you All know. The, time, the comedian may want to change, but they're like, oh, we know you for this. You right. got to just keep doing right. that, you know. So it's just a it's just a matter of finding that balance. And I think, I think that's what Tiffany's, I think that's what Tif- Tiffany's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh that being said, if anyone's seen Nobody's Fool, she's the best part of that whole movie. Right. <laughs> I think uh, my, my girlfriend went out with her friends and my sister for her birthday, and they went to go check that out. So I think it's one of those things, man, like we're, we're getting a new wave of time, like you said. And I think I hope to be a part of that wave, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think, dude, you well on your way, bro. And how long have you been doing stand-up? 
Well, like I said, it, it's, I'd say professionally, like trying to really do it since like July. So it'd be oh, like wow. at the uh, like four or five month mark right now. Dude. But like I said, I've been performing for a while now, like trying to just so be in front of people. Comfortability mm-hmm. on stage and everything. Um, one of the things I ask each guest when they're on the show is what's the Kanye confidence level? Okay. So it used to be it ranged for his entire discography. And it went from college dropout to now, yay. I'm flipping the script. So now it goes from yay to college dropout. So <laughs> because the only reason why I keep saying that is because everybody keeps saying, like, that's where their confidence is. And I think I was doing him a disservice when I was putting it at, like, the lowest like the, the lowest level. And a lot of people are saying, like, that's when he was most confident. That's when he was most comfortable in who he was and everything like that. I don't know how much you are into Mr. Ye, but I feel like he's... Oh, man, Kanye, my favorite artist. Really? Like, even, like, now even now... You, okay, so now now we're getting into Oh, boy, no. I knew this was coming. But, like, how do you feel about him now and what he's doing in... Like, his political beliefs, they got, like, his political beliefs, they got nothing to do with me. Like, I'm <laughs> focusing on... Why should I care... Like, and here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, he's... This dude's been saying... He said he was Jesus. And y'all less <laughs> mad... Y'all less mad that he called himself Jesus. and But y'all mad that he support dudes in office. I'm like, that. I'm confused. You never hear that argument at all. Right. Like, y'all were less mad when he was on the Rolling Stone cover with the freaking uh, halo over his head. But it's like... I, it's, I, still, I still defend Kanye to this day because it's like... First of all, they not even committed with the whole boycott because y'all will say y'all hate Kanye, That's but the minute he do another album, y'all are like, oh, this is the greatest. Yeah, check it out. I'll never, I'll never forget that whole Taylor Swift thing when mm-hmm. that happened. I, first of all, I thought that whole saga was hilarious. I, didn't, I wasn't mad at him one bit. For, I mean, he could have saved it. He could have like saved the whole. He didn't necessarily have to ambush the stage, but I'm like, I, I think this is hilarious. That, he got so much hate for that. And then come the album come out the next year, and it's like, and I see it like, it's like the one of the best albums of 2010. It's mm-hmm. got five stars. For, I'm which like, is, where was, where? <laughs> which is crazy because I feel like one of the things is he is mas- masterfully building I don't even know what it is. Like, it's, it's, it's emotion. Is people with hate, is people with love for him, is people on both sides, is people balancing between like he's po- he's like one of the most I think like I make the argument he's the most polarizing artist. Like I think he's the most polarizing polarizing artist out there. Mm-hmm. And and then the idea is like discussing him with older people is always entertaining with me. Like I had a conversation with my grandmother last weekend and she was saying one thing that um I didn't take into account is talking to somebody who's seen a lot of life, who's seen a lot of characters, who's seen a lot of performers, you know, mm-hmm. musicians. And she's the one thing she said that stuck with me. She says, you know, I, same thing you said. I think he's one of the greatest artists ever. Secondly, which was very powerful, I hope he doesn't lose his talent in all of this. That is true. And I was like, wow. 
And he hasn't. I mean, granted, you might not like all of his songs, right. but he still got the whole. He can. The man can still rap, <laughs> you know. And then to the things that he's putting together, I think it gets it got bad reviews, and I think that might be just like an aftertaste of what he's doing and saying to people. Like he made me like he made me like Lil Pump, and I hate Lil Pump. Okay, I wouldn't say hate, but, but that, like to, not my to, cup of tea. To bring in that type of person from another generation, like you say. Was one of the what SoundCloud rappers that pops mm-hmm. up, and for him to bring him along and be like, "Man, you don't put you on the songs." It's like, I would never listen to this dude if it wasn't for Kanye putting right, him on that right. song. But um, yeah, man. So, where is your confidence level with your comment? I know you're only four or five months in, but I mean, I think now I'm in more of the I'm in the college dropout mode because I don't know if, if people really remember that was like the like he had a lot to prove with that album because mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't want him. A lot of people didn't want to sign him because he's like, you just a producer, man. We we don't we we ain't trying to hear all that. Jay Z mm-hmm. took a chance on him. Not to mention the dude had his whole wires, his whole jaw wired. So it was like a whole, it was like a lot of things riding on him. So I think, so I think now I'm at that college dropout where I'm just trying, to, I'm just trying to like just get out there, you know, just like 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 let the people know if if the whole like like by the end of next year if if like just the whole city know me that'll be a comp. Is an accomplishment for me. Start as long as I'm known, uh, like in the city, then then that's then that's a badge for me. And then we'll go uh, after that. So that's like the main. That's like where I'm at right now, at least. All right. Um, three things you would tell a comic or entertainer or artist starting out, a creative. What what were three things you would say to him? What are three things you would mm-hmm. say? Three things. Three things. <clears throat> uh, first one I'd say is study. In a way, because I feel like if one and I, and Alan talked about this when he was on here is like if you're not performing, then you're then you're reading, mm-hmm. and if you ain't reading, then you're watching. If you're not watching, you're you're like practicing. So it's like if you like if you in comedy and it can it can mean anything. It can mean it can be for comedy, singing, or whatever. If you're not like if you're not like on stage, then you're watching somebody on stage. If you're not watching somebody on stage, you're reading. One of my favorite books. Is uh have you read Kevin Hart's biography? Yeah, it was pretty now that's cool. real good. That's real good. He he even goes in depth into talking about nights where he wasn't performing at all and just riding. He's wasting gas right, riding driving, with uh, with uh, Keith Robinson back and forth. And he's like, but that but that but that helped him. Even though he wasn't performing, he paid his dues. Right, man. right. That's and that's what you gotta do. So it's like even if you're not if you're not performing, you gotta do something related to comedy. And I don't care what it is, you gotta do something with it. So that's the first thing. Second thing I'd say is, is like just be genuine to who you are. Like like, yeah. like 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 I said earlier, I'm not the most political guy, but I but if I but if I'm political, I'll talk about you know anyone, and that's just me being genuine. Like I like the whole idea of you see someone on stage, you know, you feel like you know him. You know, like I'll I'll bring up Kevin Hart again. When when I whenever I see Kevin Hart perform. I think of it as a guy who just telling us what his life's like so far. So when you feel like you know him, you feel like you know his kids, his wife, his his friends, and everything like that. So I'd say be genuine. And then the third thing is uh, it goes with the first thing. I'd say just keep doing, just be persistent, man. You know, just keep doing. I mean, we all got lives, we all got jobs or whatever. But if you're passionate about it, try to just squeeze it in. Stick to it. Yeah, yeah, squeeze it in at least once. I I try to perform at least once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. That's just me. So just try to figure out, just squeezing in. So those are my three things. All right. Well, I wanted to. 
say thank you, sir. Uh, I'm curious how I'm curious how this whole thing gonna sound because I feel like I've been rambling for the past. <laughs> well, I'll clean it all up and everything, so it'll be all right. But um, the last thing I ask is each guest to ask Mr. Kanye West to come onto the podcast. Oh, you want me to tell him to come? Oh, I'll do you one better. If Kanye, if you come on here, I'll be I'll do the show with you. I want <laughs> Kanye. I want to be around three of us: me, Kanye, and you. We gonna do the show together. <laughs> Y'all can and smart. Y'all can keep y'all boycotting, okay? We gonna do this. We gonna do the show. We don't care if you guys listen, man. So Kanye, if you're listening to this, I know you in Chicago a lot with Chance and everything, mm-hmm. supporting supporting one of the mayoral candidates. So mm-hmm. you know, come by my man Jordan's podcast, man, and uh, you, we'll, man. we'll see. And we'll we'll see where we go from there. You know, I hopefully bring some Yeezys. Uh, I've been wearing. <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you shoe size. <laughs> I'm, I ain't gonna tell them the shoe size. I will say I've been rocking Burlington's for the past <laughs> few months. So if you can just you can just hook me up with some new Yeezys. Really? You know, I know you probably had to lower the price really? over the past few months, but you know, just help me out with that. So um, uh, yo, come on and come on, Yeezy. Let let's talk. Let's talk. Um, plug your social media and then your show next. Oh week. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the comedy bar next week, Tuesday, Tomato. I'm butchering the name of the show. Hold on. It's the Tuesday Tomato Throw Show, and it's at the comedy bar. The address, if you're in the Chicago area, the address is 500 North LaSalle Drive in Chicago. It's right inside of a Geno's East, which, in my opinion. I know everybody talks about Illuminati's or uh, Giordano's. Put Gino. Gino's need to be in the conversation, okay? That's just... No, they ain't even paying me to say this. I'm just telling y'all right now. So, this, so the show is next Tuesday. I believe it's at 8 o'clock. Uh, tickets are available. They should be available within the next day or so. I don't know when you're putting this up, but... Uh, you can also call them. Their number is... Let me just... You got everything. I'm making sure they... I'm helping the people out. I'm helping the people out. The, you, the phone number is 312-836-0499. So uh, just make sure you come out. You know, I know it's Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving week. Everybody's jumping around, you know, with their heads cut off. But, you know, if you just want to, even if you, maybe if you're out of town and you come to Chicago, just come on by, let's laugh. Not Don't throw tomatoes at me, throw them at the other people. Uh, I would like to win whatever this cash prize is. If it ends up being $50, I'm going to be pissed. But... <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. That, as far as my social media, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ike Ballistic, on Instagram at why? Why am I blanking on my, my Instagram name? Hold up a second. Hold up. This is live, people. We give it to you real. Uh, <laughs> Ballistic Ike Moore is my Instagram. Ballistic Ike Moore, and my YouTube is at Ike Moore, and you can just go, I've got, I've done a few sketches, I've done a podcast of my own, which hopefully, maybe I'll be able to do within the new year, and just check out all my, just check out all my stuff, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm just, I'm just here in Chicago, just getting my name out there, so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, more people, if you, uh, more people ask me to do their shows or whatever, and uh, I'm trying to, hopefully I'll be able to do uh Allen's podcast sometime next year. I think that'd be cool. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for the time, man. Appreciate you being on. And All right. Thanks, man. What's going on, everybody? Um, that was this week's episode or a bonus episode of It's Your World Podcast with my guest, Ike Moore. I really hope you guys are able to check him out Tuesday night at the Comedy Bar, the Tomato Throw Show. Dude is hilarious, guys. Um, 
he has a lot of polished work and for him to just be starting out in the last what four to five months he was saying like dude is doing pretty well and i think um i think you guys will really enjoy his material i think you'll enjoy his stage presence and good luck to you bro um Hope you have a good show. Hope you win the competition. Hope you don't get too many tomatoes thrown at you. But I really hope you have a dope-ass show. And thank you for coming on to the It's Your World podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe and review to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram and also on Twitter at, at ITSURWORLDPOD underscore. Check it out, man. Let us know what you think. Um, subscribe and review again. And make sure you also follow Ike on Instagram as well. His Instagram is at Ballistic Ike Moore, B-A-L-L-I-S-T-I-C-I-K-E-M-O-O-R-E. Dude, it's hilarious, guys. Um, Check him out. He's also on Twitter as well, Ike Ballistic, at I-K-E-B-A-L-L-I-S-T-I-C. I think um I think you guys really enjoy the show. Make sure you guys go over to check them out and thank you for checking out this week's bonus episode. Um if I don't talk to you guys soon, make sure you have a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy your holiday season. <laughs>